0: Welcome to the Potter and Maguire podcast, brought to you by Psychogear, beast fuel energy drink, finished MMA at Dream Elite Pro Store.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My mutual host with the most, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Mr. Don McGuire. Hey, Don.
2: Hey, how's it going? You know, it's another tremendous night for us here on on this podcast. You know, looking at the lineup we got, looking at the the days that I just had. You know, we got plenty to share. But you know, one thing I kind of want to touch on real quick here, and that's something you just dropped a tidbit, you know, on my page earlier. And I just want to say how proud I am of you. You know, to to reach 125,000 live listeners in you know such a short period of time. It's got to be a tremendous feeling you know to you david and much kudos to you brother
1: oh thank you very much thank you don't mind myself um yeah big help to you by the way you know you you put me over and don has every connection in the book and i, I gotta talk about this Don, because you brought on a incredible lineup a plethora of talents. like maria choi you have willie gates you have Vinny, you have uh, amanda cooper and, and and don has all these freaking hookups and when I first got started in the game, Don got me on MMA Lockup on Fox Sports Radio and really put over my brand. And my very first episode, my very first podcast, the first one, I got Frank Trigg on there, you know? And it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know in the MMA industry. So, you know, kudos to you, too, because you helped out a lot along the way. And, and you know, I, ironic as it is, now we're on the same podcast talking. So, you know, kudos to you, too, my friend.
2: Well, thank you. It's very much appreciated. You know, be, before we get any further, I just want to kind of reach out and thank Glory MMA and Fitness up there in Lee's Summit with James Krause and Zach Cummings, Anthony Gutierrez, uh, Joe Wooster, all all those guys up there, and especially Bobby Cooper. And, you know, for allowing me to come and shoot, you know, one thing that was kind of unique and You know, I love the guy to death, and and everybody's waiting to hear about Tough 24, but I can't drop any knowledge, share any knowledge on that. But it was great to see Tim Elliott get off the plane the night before and and be right back in the gym the very next, you know, day. And be able to shoot him and be able just to converse with him was was a tremendous day for me. You know, I, I love being at Glory, but Tim Elliott was kind of like the cherry on top of yesterday, knowing... A tough 24 is getting ready to air. The viewing parties are getting ready to begin. And, you know, that's one thing I love about this sport is the brotherhood.
1: Absolutely. And you got, to photographer, uh, you got to do photography for them. And I'm surprised when you were telling me before the show aired that he's actually right back in the training. It just shows the five-star talent that is going to be on this, this season. And it's all champions. It's literally champion after champion after champion. And I heard – you know what I heard that was crazy, Don, and I gotta I gotta ask you about this. But the the winner of the season will actually challenge uh, Demetrius John, uh, Johnson for the uh, for the championship of the world. Like, right? what? How do you feel about that? Is that necessarily like such a great idea? Considering you know most people that win tough, they go on and they just go into a first fight and call it that. They just win tough and they get a contract. But what do you think about the winner of this season actually goes on to fight for the belt?
2: Well, you know that's what what you call truly getting a a tremendous uh win. I mean, if you if you if you beat everybody in the tough 24 house, I think it's kind of unique that they went that aspect. I think it it's something that a lot of people may, you know, say, "Oh man, they shouldn't go that route. They shouldn't do these types of things." But you know what? why not try it why not be different why not be unique why not allow somebody coming out the fresh new talent to go against the greatest in the world you know you never know when that cage door is locked whose fight yeah. is going to be so you exactly. know can the number two three opponents in the world complain about it yeah but if this person coming out of the tough 24 house goes in there and beats you know Demetrius. There's nobody going to be complaining anymore. They're going to want to stand up and, and be the next in line to face the person that just came out of t- Tough 24 and Pete Demetrius.
1: Yeah, and I thought the last last opponent. And why can the one? And you bring up a valid point because why can number one, number two, and number three actually complain about that if one, two, and three already lost to Demetrius Johnson? And I had I had Henry. Going to this fight, I thought he was going to beat Demetrius Johnson. And for Demetrius to finish him, I think it was in the first round. You know, that that surprised me, and that knocked my socks off. So maybe they're trying to find the diamond in the rough, which this season's no better. I mean, your buddy is, is case in point about the talent and the work ethic that's going to be pumped in this house this year. So if anyone's going to give Demetrius Johnson a run for her money, it might be a guy that hasn't been on anybody's radar. I mean, I, I, I agree with your point. I see your point, actually.
2: You know, it's tremendous. You know, but a lot of people look at Tim Elliott as, you know, oh well, you're just going, you're going in the tough 24 house. You get a chance Tim Elliott's a long-time veteran in this sport, and I think that's the the drive and the ambition that the UFC took in in creating this this tough house. And you, you look at some of the talent and it's tremendous, tremendous talent. Uh, you know, some of these guys are mm-hmm. veterans; they're not just you know up-and-comers. So if let's say Tim Elliott does win and gets that chance, who doesn't want to see that fight? I definitely want to see it.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, and I would want to see it too. And any inter- any interesting fight that the UFC can make right now, I'm buying in. I mean, you you got huge fights coming up. Uh, UFC 203 is going to be absolutely huge. Uh, the MMA scene—it's never been a better time to be an MMA fan because you got now you have Bellator, which after signing Rory McDonald, pretty much put the put the, the stamp on the ship and set it off to sail because now they have top-tier talent in that promotion. And in the UFC, you have every single card right after UFC 200 seemingly stacked from the top to the bottom. It, it's, it's never been a better time to be a UFC fan. Any fight can be the fight of the night, and any fight could main event a UFC card or Bellator card. And even on the amateur scene, because we have, we have some great fighters coming on the show uh tonight who started off on the amateur scene even the amateur scene is booming booming and what we talked about last episode is how every every person on every single promotion that you in mma seems to be a top tier fighter i mean this has never been a more I, i'm excited as an mma fan and i'm sure you are too
2: well you know david i'll tell you one thing you know let's i you know i i guess i could say you know being in this business you know i I've never really been a fan of this business, working in this business for 20-plus years. It's been the way I've put food on my table, you know, but looking at the caliber of fighters and everybody that are coming out today and yesterday have stepped up the game. You know, I look at all these new and unique individuals when I'm at gym shoots across the country, when I get an opportunity... And being in this business for so long, you, you can tell when somebody has it. Now when you yeah. go to the gym, you'll find three or four that have it. Before, it was, you'll be lucky if you find one. So with that being said, this sport is just taking off. Looking at Bellator, looking at Invicta, looking at the UFC and several other promotions, there's a vast array of talent out there that is going to bounce onto the market, and trust me, you know, we, we think the fighters of old that are, that we consider legends are great, and they are in their own right, but this new batch getting ready to drop in front of the world's eyes is, is truly tremendous and talented.
1: Yeah, and they're young, too. They're young, and they're hungry, and they're being raised right with the right nutrition, with the right camps. They're being mentored by the right people who've been through the process because, Back in the day, you know, not a lot of people can say I was a cage fighter. You know, it was very hard to find mentors in the game because the game was so new. But now with this fresh batch, the reason why they're so freaking good is because they're being mentored by people that have already been through the process. They've already been through the form, the forming system, where it's amateurs. You go through the Emmys, go right into the UFC. You get your feet wet. You go to different promotions. I mean, some people even came from Pride or came from uh, strike force or came from elite XC or you have now these young kids who are being trained, right? Mentored, right. And nutrition, they're, they're, they're absolutely monsters. And it all starts too from the top because you have the sport better than there's better than it's ever been with all these companies coming out, ready to sponsor these young fighters. You have good guys who've been through the system, mentoring them, and they're getting the right training because it all comes down to the training that you're receiving. And the sport is so evolved now, every time you go into any type of top-tier MMA gym, you're getting a top world-class education of the sport. It, it, it's, it's really exciting to see. I'm, I'm really excited, especially for who's coming up and what's going down. But also our first guest coming on soon is uh, Maria Choi, who I'm very excited about. Don, you can uh, tell, her, tell us all about her. I mean, I've been reading up on her today, and I'm, I've been ever impressed. Don, what do you
2: think about the lady? Oh, first and foremost, she's a she's a very dear, close friend, and I've I've been affiliated with her for quite some time. You know, one thing that Maria K Choi and I truly have in, in common is we're traditionalist, and you know, a lot of people really don't know that side of me, but really, Muay Thai K one, uh, really just it. Encapsulates me. It it enthralls me. You know, I I'm a traditional stylist because I like the the, the warrior mentality that they per, you know they perplex onto the scene. But to see it, you know, being apprehended in today's uh, MMA market is is just profound. And Marie A.K. Choi is truly a traditionalist at heart. She lives it. She breathes it. She's she's the the brightest thing on the future for a traditional athlete, in my, in my regards.
1: Yep. And without further ado, the lady herself, Miss Maria Choi. Hey, Maria, how you doing?
3: Hi. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on.
2: Hi, Marie. How you been, my friend?
3: Been great. Just living life and training and just
2: trying to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be happy. You're always happy, my friend. <laughs> You know,
3: hence
2: my uh, fight name, Angry Korean, right? <laughs> yes, the Angry Korean. It's uh, <laughs> it's something we we we've talked about many many times on on previous shows. But, Marie, let's kind of take a step in that angle to start. You know, to get let people that who don't really know who you know the Angry Korean is, let's let's give them a a quick synopsis of who the Angry Korean is and what she's <laughs> about.
3: Um. I'm just trying to live life and hopefully inspire and motivate other people out there to get into MMA, martial arts. Um, it's done so much for me in terms of just a way of life, but it's helped me cope and uh, been a avenue like therapy uh, through many struggles and challenges and um, that I've faced in my short time here on Earth. But... Um, you know that for those of you that don't know, my fight name is AK or Angry Korean, um, kind of given to me when I first started training in the martial in, in in Muay Thai. Um, I had my first sparring session and kind of lost it when I got punched in the face. But kind of funny because now when I train and teach and pass along a lot of the things that I've learned to my students, um, you know, I tell them. The ones that are not emotional Are the ones the best fighters out there So really try to keep that emotion Out of the ring, out of the octagon And um, it's amazing How well you can do So um, the more emotional The more angry you get The more you'll make mistakes And it's kind of like in life too So try not to be angry And let, let things go Sometimes you just you cut your losses And you keep moving forward
2: Yes Marie, now You know I stated I, I've interviewed you quite a few times, and, and we go back quite a few years. Uh, you, you don't have to answer this question if you if you don't want to, out of, out of respect for you, and and who you are. But there's something that has perplexed in my life, and I've been I've been wanting to ask you this question for a couple of years now. I just never had you know the, the opportunity to. You know, one thing I know about you is you were very deeply family based. Family is number one with Marie A.K. Choi. You know, looking at my life and my life struggles, one thing I've never been able to get over, and that's the loss of my mother. Now, what I want to ask you, Marie, is looking at it in the traditional aspect, is it the love that we have for our parents that doesn't allow us to let them go, or is it something deeper, more spiritual, more spiritual, that has both yourself and myself holding on to remnants of our past and and that we can't overlook?
3: Mm, You know, like the loss of both of my parents has been extremely difficult. Um, You know, both of them are very uh, deeply rooted in their faith, and that's something that, you know, as I, I continue on this journey called life, you know, it comes and... It's recently been, you know, resurrected in my life. Um, I think the loss of my parents is always going to be there, but the fact that, you know, they've instilled a lot of values and a lot of love in me, it inspires me to keep going forward and hopefully change other people's lives. Because I know people continuously lose loved ones in their life, and it's not easy to get back on your feet. It's literally, I can compare it to being in a fight, you know you take punches and it's easy to just go down and just give up like anyone that gets in a ring you know can do that but um true fighters they fight with their heart and they just keep going regardless of all the struggles and you know the punches that we take in this thing called life so um they're there hopefully i answered your question but you know i'm i i have a lot of faith um you know, people can believe in whatever they want to believe in, religiously, spiritually. Um, you know, God is the being that I, I look up to and that keeps me on track. And God's grace is something that, you know, I, I can't really put into words. It's something that, you know, has helped me keep moving forward. and um, And I hope to continue to inspire other people to find what they believe in and just go for it.
2: Well, you know, Marie, you truly have inspired me, and I apologize, David. Usually David would take over the questioning right now. Uh, you, you truly have inspired me, and one thing I've learned at 50 years of age is, you know, you can teach an old dog new tricks, and I learn, I learn through the fighters that I deal with constantly, and I learn through the people that I've, you know, grown accustomed to calling my friends and my family. And you've always, res- you know, resonated at the top of that list, What aspect in your life led you to the traditional aspect of the sport, Marine?
3: You know, I I always tell a lot of my students now um, I was never really athletic. Um, My parents were both uh, scholars, professionals. My mom was a nurse, my dad was a professor. Very strong academic background. You know, I went to a, a top five national university. Went to law school. I was on that on that path, and you know, um, you know, I, I went through some bumps in the road, and I uh, got found myself in a couple of uh,
0: um,
3: unfortunate relationships. And I remember looking back now that you know, I, I didn't have the confidence, self esteem, um, just I I didn't have that strength back then, and I literally stumbled upon Muay Thai as a way to lose weight because I was about forty fifty pounds heavier,
1: and I
3: couldn't really run on the treadmill, um, had no coordination whatsoever, um, and I I fell in love with the sport and. You know, I, I tell my students now, like, they get frustrated. They can't throw the punch or they can't see things coming at them. And I said, you know, I literally start in the same shoes that you're in right now. And hopefully that resonates with them and they can kind of relate to how I am. You know, I've, I've met people that are kind of like leaders out there saying that, you know, they're born to be fighters. You know, that's what they're born to do. But, you know, fighting is something,
1: you know, maybe I'm not the
3: – most technical fighter out there, but not everybody can step into a ring and say they've done it, you know, there's a lot of heart behind it, and you know, if that's something you want to do, go and do it, don't let anybody stop you there are going to be haters, and there are going to be people that will want to watch you fail, and if it's something that you want to do, do it, because um, no one's stopping you, this life is so short, and you know, um, you just you
2: go out
1: and do it what your heart wants to do very cool and Marie you're you're a testament to hard work dedication and you know you talked about your parents before and you're definitely a testament to how you were raised and obviously raised very very well considering how much you're accomplishing I mean is there anything you don't do you're you represent domestic violence and standing up for yourself and being a strong female, and you actually do, you raise money for tickets to donate to cancer charities, you're also a fighter, you work at TV stations for representing the sport, but what I want to know is what led you to that point. What was your first exposure to mixed martial arts, to kickboxing, to Muay Thai, what was your very first exposure to the sport? Uh,
3: My very first exposure, believe me, I'm I'm old, so I mean, um, (laughs) I come from the generation when uh, When Taibo was like the big thing and I remember um meeting, you know, Billy Blank's the creator of Taibo, and I it was just a workout back then and I wanted to kinda of learn how to actually throw a punch correctly and through him and networking I was able to, you know, take up Muay Thai, um, traditional martial arts as well, Hapkido. Um, even I'm, you know, right now I'm actually picking back up on my jujitsu. So it's something that I'm constantly doing, but it was really, it goes back to the cardio kickboxing. I mean, in fitness, everything is kind of, it comes back in a full circle, you know, like all the different fats and everything like that. But I really, um, owe, owe it to, you know, um, Billy Blanks for kind of that first introduction. And from there, it just, you know, constantly adding to my, um, disciplines and i'm constantly like i'm a student like i'm constantly learning and wanting to improve and grow as a person um and if anyone out there is listening and they want to get into it just find something you know i i am i'm the first female um you know manager director for the usp gym corporation um and it's awesome it's not it's not just a fight gym I mean you have all walks of life all ages children adults women you know men and it's a great place for people to kind of get that initial exposure you don't have to fight but it's just a, it's a fun environment and I I love it you know
1: Yes, absolutely. And what I love most about you, too, and how you're talking is you never gave up. No matter what was thrown at you, you never gave up. You only gave back, which is very commendable. I mean, that's, that's, that speaks volume about who you are as a person. Um, so the sport has evolved, and we talked about the evolution of the game. And you brought up yourself, too, as a director of the UFC gym and how all walks of life can now go in and practice mixed martial arts. And back in the day, it wasn't as such. You know, it, it was such a, a big deal for females to be main eventing and to be going to MMA events like UFC and Bellator and Strike Force. How does it make you feel that you're part of a female revolution? How now nobody's wondering when females will actually fight on a UFC card, but they're asking when can we see them fight on the UFC card? How does it feel to see females in a prime position in the sport and a position of power where everybody wants to see females MMA and uh, females MMA has finally evolved to the point where they're on an equal level, level playing field as males mixed martial arts.
3: It's awesome. It really is. Like just to be able to see all the, you know, some of my best friends are in the UFC and they're fighting. They're living out their dream. And you know, being a female, sometimes you feel like you don't have that equal opportunity. But um, I think it's so empowering, and whenever females take my class, and they, I can, I can feel the vibe, you know. They don't have that um, confidence or the self-esteem. And for me to work with them and to bring it out of them, you can't put a price tag on it. It's so fulfilling. It's amazing um, just to be able to be surrounded by other women and to just be around the positive, loving, just... Um, go-getting type of attitude and um, I, I mean there's really no words to put into that and I just hope that you know as the sport continues to evolve there will be more opportunities and the best thing is I'm in a position where we will just continue to grow and expand and hopefully touch more people's lives I mean you don't have to fight But it's it's about touching people's lives And having that fighter mentality Because the fighter mentality can be translated Into anything It could be translated into your relationships Your family matters, work I mean I I see people hitting the bag in my class And I'm like you gotta go hard You know like it's hard out there On the street you know If you're not punching the bag in here How do I know you're putting that same kind of effort out at work Or in your relationships with your husband or wife And then they start working hard so it's the
2: same thing and it's so gratifying Very cool You know, Marie, you, you, you look at your life As a whole, it's, it's been a true testament I mean, the 2014 US K1 Champ, 2014 Martial Arts Hall of Fame You've worked, like David stated, with multiple Entities and you work with Multiple charities If Marie A.K. Choi had to look at her life As a whole Which Part of it, would you say you wear most on your sleeve or in your heart, Marie?
3: Um, you know, I, I, there aren't, there isn't really like a particular point. I think everything leads to another. You know, I'm not perfect. There's, you know, I, I make mistakes, and from my mistakes, I learn from it, and I continue to grow, and um, hopefully continue to be a role model, I think the best part right now for me um, that's really gratifying is I get to work with a lot of young females that have students that are like six, seven, eight 8 years old, and I tell them every time I work with them, I said, man, if I had this when I was your age, I think I would have avoided a lot of situations, a lot of challenges that I faced in life, so I think that's the best part, really, is To be able to, like you said, and I appreciate all the the kind words, but just being able to give back and hopefully make an impact on our next generation. Because that's what it is. Once we leave this earth, you know, we have to leave something behind. And for me, that's awesome just to know that I can hopefully impact and touch someone's life that's going to be here long after we're gone.
2: Most definitely. Now let's kind of take it a little bit deeper, Marie. What does it feel for Marie A.K. Choi, alias Angry Korean, to leave this type of legacy uh, in such a short period of time?
3: What does it feel like? I mean, it's awesome. I wish I, I could be here forever, but that's why I tell everyone to live each day as if it is your last day. You know, I, growing up, I always thought my mom and dad would be around till they're 80, 90 years old and be able to see me, like, have kids and... You know, and it didn't happen that way. And sometimes I look back and I, gosh, I wish I could turn back time. We can't turn back time. You have to make the best of it. And each day is, you know, the next day is never promised. So I always tell people that, you know, live each day. Don't, you know, surround yourself with people that are positive. If you have toxicity or people that are bringing you down, just cut, cut, cut those losses and pray for them. You know, have faith and just keep moving forward. There's so much out there that we can see and, and do and 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 most importantly, hopefully, inspire others to do the same.
1: Very cool. And uh, Marie, so now that we, we continue to talk about how much you're accomplishing, because you accomplished a lot, and it will take all day to talk about your accomplishments and <laughs> what you have done for the sport, but... I want to know, actually, what is on your bucket list? What exactly have you not accomplished that you are setting your goals on, setting your mind on? Is there anything on your to-do list that you plan on accomplishing in the next few years or so?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm going to actually go ahead and announce it. I mean, I, I'm, I've i been doing Muay Thai, training Muay Thai for at least, you know, 10-some years, and I've had about 17, 18 fights, and, you know, um, and I – I always wanted to kind of really up my jiu game, and I thought about an MMA fight. I'm not sure about the MMA fight yet, but jiu is something as a female, you know, I, I took up Muay Thai because, you know, of my, um, you know, situation that I was in years ago, and I didn't know how to defend myself, and, you know, recently I was in, in a similar situation, um, and... You know, the jiu-jitsu part is something that I, I feel that all women need to know how to do as well because eventually it goes to the ground. And I, um, I'm determined to get my blue belt and hopefully win some tournaments. Um, I never really had a reason to kind of focus on my jiu-jitsu game. Um, and I've gone through a couple of situations that um, now I have a reason and I'm going to do it. And no one's going to stop me. So very hopefully cool. you'll care you'll about all that, and you know I, I hope it
1: empowers other women to take it up as well. Very cool. And I'll ask one more question. I'll get right back to your busy day. Yeah. I know you're very, very busy. Um, yeah. So what were your, who were your biggest influences? Because every, every fighter that I talk to, they name fighters from Muhammad Ali all the way to Mike Tyson to Randy Couture to all the legends of the game. But uh, from your side of the spectrum, uh, who are your biggest influences that you looked to when you said, okay, this is something I can accomplish because I saw them do it? Who are your biggest influences?
3: I'll I'll be straight, completely honest. Um, You know, my my parents, my mom and my dad, never got in the ring. um, But watching them fight for their lives was the hardest thing for me to do as a daughter. I mean, I think about it now, like... You know, we worked so hard. We trained every day to, like, change their eating, to, you know, get them strength and courage to, like, take that extra breath. And, you know, I've had people that are like, you know, they didn't fight. You know, people are, you know, you always have people that say things. But in my heart, they are the fighters, true fighters. Anybody that is battling cancer or disease or just going through some kind of struggle, they are our true fighters, people that are fighting for our country. I mean, come on. They're putting their lives in front for our lives. So, um, you know, I have to give it to my parents because without them, and obviously without God, like, I would not be able to accomplish and have the strength and courage to just do what I want and not have fear and just try it. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. At least I tried it. There's no regrets.
1: Very cool. And one more thing before I pass over is done. Uh, I lost my dad April of 2015 to cancer. And uh, just for the record, I don't want to put anything out there, but you are a true hero, my friend. And I, I just want to thank you for, for taking the time to talk to us. But you are absolutely a true inspiration and a hero. So thank you so much, Maria.
3: Oh, no worries. You don't even have to say that. I feel, I mean, that's not even, I I'm just trying to be here and hopefully inspire other people to go ahead and go after their dreams, do it, don't
2: let anybody stop you. You know, Marie, in all the years that I've known you, that's one thing I could I could say without hesitation, is you've always remained the same person throughout the years with greatest integrity, humility, and honor. And, you know, like I told you the first time we, we originally discussed your parents, and you know, I know in my heart they're they're looking down on you from heaven, and they're very, very proud. As anybody that has come into your life is, is it's, it's a true honor. You know, you're a very unique and different individual, and that was one of the reasons why when we we picked this show, I wanted you on because you've always been so special to me and all the other people in, in the sport that you've touched. You've always left a profound impact and the way you articulate yourself when you come on the show. You truly are a phenomenal person and a blessing in my life and many others. And I just want to thank you from one friend to another for taking the time and and joining us because you truly have changed my life as with many others.
3: I really appreciate that. And, you know, if there's anything I can do or if there's people listening out there that need someone to talk to or have questions. You know, I'm I'm always I try to take time to, you know, read messages on social media and get back to everybody. Um, you know, I am not I'm not like a, a UFC fighter or anything like that, but, you know, I am a person that cares and I think uh being able to care about another human being is um is is, is truly a gift. And um I really appreciate you both for
2: having me on the show. Um it's always a pleasure and it's an honor and I'm here for everybody. Thank you, you know Marie. We we truly appreciate that on behalf of us and you you know how things usually go. We know you're busy so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and toss the microphone to you and go ahead and give the UFC Gem a shout out, your sponsors, friends, family, social media sites, the floor's yours. <laughs>
3: Uh, sure, I mean, this is a little awkward, but I mean, I, I'm on social media, um, Facebook, uh, Marie A.K. Choi, Instagram, Marie A.K. Choi. Um, it's, you know, I've been posting a lot of quotes and inspirational messages as of late, just, I mean, in, in relation to things that I'm I'm experiencing in life, Um and you know, I I want to appreciate the UFC gym for giving me an opportunity to reach the masses. Um, hopefully, we have started something here with the company where we can just you know touch people's lives and and get them exposed to MMA. And you know, it's 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 been therapy to be able to be part of um, and part of and also train in MMA. Um, it's something that anybody can do. So. Don't have any fear out there. If there's something you want to do, go and do it. Like, just try it and go for it. Don't have any regrets because this life is short, and you just got to do it. Thank you again.
2: Oh, you know, thank you, Marie. You know, from David and and me, from the bottom of our hearts, it's truly been an honor. We look forward to having you on again in the near and distant future. We thank you for, for blessing our show this evening, Marie. It's my pleasure. Thank you again. God bless. bless. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Marie A.K. Choi, the angry Korean. Uh, The lady's done everything, David, from UFC on Fox to UFC gym to the Hall of Fame and Muay Thai, Not taking a step in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And on top of that, all the charities. I mean, I wouldn't even have that kind of time in my life. (laughs) I don't know how she does.
1: Yeah, and for how much she's been through too. I mean, you know, she she's been through domestic violence. She's also been through her par- losing both of her parents. I lost my grandmother back to back with my father, and, and I, I don't mean to be uh, talking personal stuff, but um, I was hearing her and how she was talking and how it felt like sometimes quicksand, You know, with when you excuse me, when you when you lose someone you love and you care about and you lose your mentors. You know, it's like quicksand. It's like, how do you get up? You know, how do you lift yourself back up from that? And you, the truth is you just stand back up and you march two steps forward and you're already halfway there. I mean, and she embodies that because instead of her laying down and and calling defeat and calling it a day, she's done even more. And she's on, taken on even more responsibilities and have, has contributed even more to the sport. And that speaks volumes about her. She she was an amazing guest. I I loved talking to her. She she was incredible. Truly a, truly a one of a kind human being.
2: Oh, most definitely. And you know when I first interviewed her, probably what, maybe six years ago, five six years ago, I guess. Uh, it, it it left a it, it did it left a profound mark on me when I heard her speak so eloquently of her parents and you know, every time she speaks of them, she she goes to tears, and it's truly heartfelt, as, you know, I've probably told you before, David, but most people don't know, and I lost my grandfather only five days later to lose my mother, then the the following month, I lost my leg, and the following month, two days before my birthday, my little sister committed suicide, and Marie A.K. Choi was a A positive role model for me and and she kind of helped me pick myself up when I didn't think I was going to be able to and to see that she is still continuing to strive to bring that type of perception to the youth and people of the sport is is just a tremendous attribute to that lady I I've never met anybody like her
1: absolutely and you know all the power to her because she is definitely a woman in power and she's spreading all of her experiences and not just that, but spreading good vibes to everybody else. Everyone that she comes in contact with, it just seems like she is a good role model and a good person to learn from, not just from, not just in the ring, but outside of the ring. You know, she's in a great position in life and I'm glad, I'm glad she's, you know, someone like that, someone with that much positive energy can actually talk to people and share that with them. It's something the world sorely needs. And I'm glad she's a part of this world because he's actually spreading it and Hopefully uh, that positive energy comes back in style, you know?
2: <laughs> oh, most definitely. And that lady, she's, for being a Muay Thai fighter and somebody that's been in quite a few brawls as an amateur and been across the world training and, and doing things, she's she's beautiful inside and out. And Like I said, I'm, I'm truly blessed for the friends that I have in this world and in this business. and I
1: wouldn't trade it for anything in the world absolutely absolutely and it's it's just it's just good to talk to people like that it's good and uh our next guest Willie gates right now we're just waiting on him to come on the show can't wait to talk to him too you know he's a veteran of the ufc he's fought some some tough battles and i can't wait to talk to him what do you think about him don
2: oh most definitely you know and he better get his butt on here because uh he's got something to do on this show and every time he comes on You know, a show with me, he he's able to get his message out there and things happen for him. And so, it he was active just about a minute ago. You know, so why don't we just go ahead and try to call him live on the air, and we'll just cut it before his uh, number pops up, bro. Okay,
1: sounds good. Sounds. I'm still getting over the fact that uh, Marie Choi was on here. You know, she was so inspirational. How do you top that, Don? How do you top that?
2: Oh wait, it's gonna get better. The show is only gonna get better. We're just getting started, my friend. We're just getting started. Let's go ahead and try to call Mr. Whoopass Willie Gates real quick.
1: Right on, brother. And I just just uh just a side note, I found out and thanks to Don too, because I found out with our uh with our platform that we use as podcasts that you can actually make calls. And I had no idea. Like I had absolutely no idea. I was thinking, why didn't I try calling Domino's through uh through this little uh calling thing? Like Don tell Don teaches Don teaches me a new lesson every single time we, we we do this podcast. And like just last episode I found out that we can make calls. So you know this is this is a pretty good feature, Don. I, I'm very, very happy with it. <laughs> Almost definitely. Okay. So Let, let's give let's our. Call
2: we'll, Mr. Himself.
1: Okay, let's give him a call. Okay.
2: Hello? Hey Willie, this is Don McGuire and David Potter on the radio show, brother. How are you doing? Oh uh, uh, well kinda wanna see what's up with you, my friend. You know, most most importantly, you know, you've had a tremendous career, Willie, and you know, I seen a post the other day that you're kinda wanted to get back in the cage. So I kinda reached out to you and said, You know, greater things have happened on our show before, Willie. Why don't we bring you back on the show? Why don't we talk to you? and and see what happens for you. What what inspiration is in Willie Gates right now to step back in the cage at any moment?
0: Um, really right now, you know, I'm just trying to really – I want to get a fight, but nothing too soon. You know, I just really want to just work on the, the things that I need to work on to improve my game and, you know, just get better at the things I need to be, get better at right now. So, and I want to get back in there, but no rush. But, you know, it's always in my mind, you know, to get back in the cage and, you know, perform for all my cranks. Well my fans
2: out there. Almost oh, definitely, and you—you've you, always, you know, inspired me with your work in the Octagon. But you've also touched me in a way that I've never seen in, in Willie Gates, and that's the entrepreneur side of Willie Gates. You know, I'm not so sure how much you want to, you know, touch on this or how far you want to dwell onto it. But you've taken on quite a few business endeavors lately, Willie, and you know, you've gotten the food business and other business. How how are things, you know? Projected and going for Willie Gates in that aspect.
0: Uh, right now, everything is actually you know it's just a blessing you know. So I can say you know I, I've been blessed to touch on many different things that I, I I like to and love and you know the passions that I have throughout my years. And um, right now, you know I, I couldn't be any more happier right now.
1: Very cool. And Willie, I, I just want to touch upon one thing. We're pretty much the same age. We're twenty nine years old and uh, twenty nine years young. I would like to say and. Willie, what I what I respect what I respect so much about you is already at, at 29 you're accomplishing so much and you've already made it to the UFC and you know I I, I want to know like how did you get to the point because I I grew up in a Mike Tyson loving home so that's what got me into the sport but what got uh-huh. you involved with the game and what got you involved in mixed martial arts to pursue it as a uh, as a career?
0: Well, sure. Actually, you know, I, 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 if you would ask me this six six seven years ago, what I'd be doing you know, now I would have no idea, you know, and definitely would be the first thing from fighting, you know, I never fought, never got in a fight, you know, I never wrestled, I never thought that, you know, I would hop in the cage and, and be a fighter, you know, if anything thought I, I was an actor or a comedian or something like that, you know, I would have never been, I would never picked on fighting. It's something that I, I would love to do right now.
1: Absolutely. And I asked, uh, I asked our last guest because my first exposure with the sport was Mike Tyson. You know, obviously he uh, got out of boxing for a little bit and then the UFC came on, on and we had uh, illegal cable. So that's what exposed me to UFC. But uh, what was your first exposure to watching UFC and what made you fall in love with the sport and say, okay, this is something I want to do and this is something I can do?
0: Actually, it kind of just fell in my lap. Like, you know, I never really knew what the UFC was. Like, you know, I, I, I heard people talk about Dana White, but, you know, I was just like, who's that guy, you know? So um, it was just all a mystery to me. And it just, it just really just fell in my lap, you know? Like, I didn't really, I just walked into a gym one day, like, started taking some Muay Thai classes and, you know, just stayed motivated and dedicated. And, and then, uh, you know, it just led me to the places I've been.
2: You know, Willie, I'm going to kind of take you a little bit deep, bro, because you're a friend of mine, and, and I truly appreciate you. But I want to show our listeners who you kind of are, and, you know, because I think they'll appreciate it. But one, one thing I don't even know, before there was a Willie Whoop-ass, who was Willie Gates, the young man? Who was Willie Gates, the teenager? Who was Willie Gates, the person before he stepped into the octagon?
0: Like I said, you know, like, before fighting, like, I wanted to be an actor, so I was more the funny guy, you know, I was more, you know, joyful, always outspoken, you know, always willing to uh, lend a hand, help out, you know, others, which I still do to this day, but, you know, that was, I'm just a normal guy, you know, like, I don't see myself any better than anybody else, and so I'm just counting my blessings and just, you know, taking everything step by step. Because you know, actually, you know, I'm not, I'm not even currently signed with the UFC anymore. You know, I got, I got released from my contract after my last fight. You know, that I, that I, my um, and in, the, in the Netherlands. So, right now, I'm just really stepping back and really trying to figure out what's good. Well,
2: you know, we, we all know you opened, uh, whoop ass wings and, and things of that nature, you know, and and you're doing great in your business adventures. But, one thing that has like I said, has always astounded you know me is the humility that you you always have and you know one thing that I kind of want to know when when Willie Gates looks at himself and and you look at the accomplishments that you've you've done and and the roads that you've taken what does that how does that make Willie Gates feel as a man what what does
0: well, if you ask if you ask me I'm a little disappointed you know I'm I'm my worst critic and. I beat myself up more than I should, you know, because you guys made me feel a whole lot better than I feel right now. But um, I just, I wish I could have done better. I, I always want to strive for more, you know. Like, I, I just, I wish I could have done a whole lot better than I did.
2: Right, you know, David. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off for for a second, and I truly apologize. You know, Willie, you say we pay you more respect than you deserve. Sir, first and foremost, I, I'm not going to have anybody on my show and and not give them the respect that they deserve and and have proven to the world. And you state that you're down on yourself.
0: Well, you know, yeah, like I don't feel like I don't feel like I've proven anything. Like I, I, you know, especially to the world or to the masses or to my friends or my family or my fans out there. You know, it's just so much more to me than I actually show myself. And you know, I kind of regret it, but i got to work my way back to where I need to be in life.
2: You know, but with that being said, Willie, you know, I've been in this business for 20 years. There's not very many fighters that I look at and uh, truly respect in the manner that I do you. And, you know, to hear you say that has, has kind of set me back just a hair, you know, to be quite honest with you. You know, I, I see it as something that... I see in myself, you know, I'm my own worst critic as a photographer and as a journalist, and, you know, I'm, I'm hard on myself a lot, but I work through and I persevere. Is that something that we can look and expect from Willie Gates to work through this oh. and persevere? Oh, no,
0: no, 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 no. Most definitely. I'm not a quitter, you know. Like I said, it's just I'm just having a little minor setbacks right now in life, and um, that's just something that's going to ultimately motivate me and push harder and, like I said, just get back. To my feet, get back to, to the cage, you know, like, I don't know where I'm going to be fighting it, but, uh, you know, I'm open to for anything right now, just trying to get back on my feet.
1: Yeah, and what's what's really remarkable about you, and I, I agree with Don with this, with all due respect, but what, when you didn't go through the wrestling program, you, didn't, like, you discovered the sport late and it fell on your lap, and you still fought for Bellator, and you fought for the UFC, which not a lot of people can. That makes you pretty remarkable in both our, our eyes, so um, yeah, I, I understand.
0: Yeah. I just, I just feel that I wish I would have just been given, not necessarily given because I, I got chapter. I just wish I was able to give it my all. You know, with working, you know, my kids and just everything. The only thing that, the only time I was able to put it in my all was when I fought um, uh, dear Monarchy. You know, I took right. time from work, I took time from my kids. You know, I took time from everybody. I was, I was a full time fighter. You know, I, I never was able to be a full time fighter just for that fight and the outcome right. was I won, you know, and that's where I put myself up with because I didn't give myself the opportunity to time to put my whole heart into the sport.
1: Absolutely. And if you feel that you're in the place right now where you can actually, now of course you're a perfectionist and I, I, it screams that over the phone. You're an absolute perfectionist and you expect just that much more from yourself, which again, another trait to commend on. So uh, when you go back in the gym and you start to prepare and you start to prep and you say that you, you're not where you're, you you want to be in life, but you're going to get there, uh, what is it going to take for you to feel like, I got to the point where now I'm ready for the big time once again, and I'm ready to tackle that challenge and tackle that monster and defeat it this time?
0: You know, just just really just putting in the time and effort that I need to, you know, just to shop it up my skills and just really just... Just getting there and putting the time. I wasn't able to put in too much time into it, and and now that you know I'm, I'm back to square one, you know I, I have to do
1: it if I this is what I want to do in life, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, done.
2: Oh no, go ahead. I
1: apologize. Yeah, and so it, it, what? What? what you you had your first win in the UFC and you you mentioned that too when you put in the time you put in the effort when you put in your all you know nothing can stop you nothing can beat you when you got that first win under your belt in the UFC what what did it feel like that it, was it that weight off your chest like ah this is something I can definitely do or what was that win like for you when you got that first notch on your belt and you got that UFC win?
0: Well, like I said, it was a it was a good moment, but you know I knew that wasn't the end. I knew that you know it was just. One accomplishment that I did, because most people that make some people that make it to UFC never even get to get that win, you know. So it was something that I felt I was I was appreciated on, but I knew I it, I needed more, you know. And it all just came too fast, and now it's gone. So now I need to get that I need to get that back.
2: Well, you know, sometimes like you know, I've, I've interviewed thousands and thousands of fighters. You know, one. In particular, I'm going to mention, and I and I hope he don't he doesn't mind. And that would be the one of Diego Lima. You know, he had mentioned that he had taken a fight that his camp didn't want him to take. He he was so amped up and so driven. He took the fight, and he ended up losing and getting injured. And for him, it was a a huge setback in his career. He was he was also let go from the UFC. You know what? Has Willie Gates gained from this time to to sit back and reflect on everything that has transpired in your life up to this point, Willie?
0: Actually, I'm still I'm still reflecting on it. You know, it still still really has to sink in, and you know, so I'm still in shock. I just really I, I got to recoup myself and figure out what's next for me, really.
2: You know, with that being said, you know, I've I've always known you to have the warrior mentality. You've always been one that has been very, very vocal when you truly believe in something and back it. You know, like I stressed before, I truly admire you taking that step and becoming an entrepreneur. This business isn't going to feed you forever. This business isn't going to, you know, provide for you for your whole life. So taking that that step forward, you know, I'm very proud of you and and I'm honored that Everything is, you know, going very well, and you're accomplishing the things that you have in the back of your mind. But what is it going to take for Willie Gates to accomplish his dreams?
0: Um, like I said, I just gotta stay motivated and, and dedicated to the things that I, 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 uh, to my goals and and my dreams and uh, my next steps. So just pretty much just like I said, just keep on just keep in keep there. You know, just keep on pushing forward, stay focused and motivated, and and uh, be the person that you guys think I am. Absolutely.
1: Okay, and um, so so Don touched upon this a bunch of times, and I'm glad that y- y- you're getting into business. You're you're an entrepreneur. You're actually starting your business. And uh, can you talk a little bit more about that and what that business is all about?
0: Um, it's just I'm trying to open up a restaurant. You know, just just open a restaurant. Just something that I know that. You know, fighting's not forever, you know, so I'm just trying to set a little platform for myself, for my kids, you know, and just for my little legacy that I have going on, you know, because I'm almost 30 and can't fight forever, so just got to figure out what's next after fighting.
1: Absolutely. And beyond fighting too, and you're opening up a restaurant and you're doing so many incredible things. And I already think I, I'm, I'm, I have high respect for you already for coming on the show and say, I, I'm not happy with the way things were and I want to change that. I'm going to rectify it. Um, is there any advice that you can give to anybody too that would feel in that position where they feel stuck in the rut, where they they expect more from themselves and for them to get up and move forward, what advice would you give them that you're doing right now to move forward?
0: Just keep it, just keep it moving, you know, keep it pushing, you know, don't, don't let uh, your setbacks, you know, define you, you know, be great, be more than what you expect, you know, live in a moment, you know, because it can be taken at any moment. So just, just keep that drive alive,
2: well, Willie. Would you say it's to find you more as a man moving forward in life?
0: Definitely, you know, because you know everything doesn't everything happens for a reason, you know, and nobody wants to have setbacks or you know failures. So just don't let that define you. Just just keep it going.
2: Oh, most definitely, you know, Willie. Looking at your life in a whole and having you on the show this evening and, and shows in the past, you know, you, you're you one that wears your heart on your sleeve. Now, looking back at Willie the man, what does it mean to have such a strong backing in family and in your highs and your lows in your life and in your career, son?
0: Oh, shoot, having a, a good a good family, a good friends and fans, that's everything. That's my backbone. That's my support. You know, that's that's what that's my drive. That's my reason to get up every day. You know, that's the only reason why I'm still happy and joyful and and blessed to have the opportunities that I had. You know, it means it means the world, and I'm glad that I have a good uh, support system to back me up in times like this.
2: Most definitely, well, Willie. We know that you're quite busy in your time. I, I you know, I was kind of thinking we were going to have the. You know, I'm just being honest with my fans. I was kind of thinking that this interview was going to go a little bit different as my interviews in the past, and and I thought we were going to have a little bit more outspoken Willie Gates. But I'm honored that we've got Willie Gates, the man as he is, exists today. You know, yeah. and, you know, it it was something that I was going to say. You know, go ahead and you know call out who you'd like to fight. But as a journalist and as a friend, I don't think that's the the right aspect or avenue to take, you know, the interview. You know, one last question before we kind of wrap things up here. Willie, looking at where you sit now, as a man in my, my shoes and knowing many fighters, I've seen many fighters there, and it's it's nothing out of the norm, as you know, to sit back and be hard on yourself and, and take a t- you know time out and have a life reflection. Willie, but I know there's a light that burns in your heart that is true and i know that you will be back in the octagon soon i know that you're not the type of person that is going to back away from any situation or scenario so more or less in a statement i just want to let you know willie that as a friend as a brother as a backer i am truly proud of you
0: thank you brother. that means a lot you know i really appreciate you guys having me on this show sorry that it wasn't the outcome that you guys wanted but you know, I'm a little down and out, but, you know, I'm going to get back up.
2: Almost well, definitely. And as far as you stating that, it wasn't the outcome that we wanted. Uh, it truly was the outcome that we wanted. We want you to come on the show and be you. We want you to come on and let the people see who the man is behind the fighter and that you do have everyday struggles and that life isn't generous to everybody in the limelight. And you're a true example of that.
0: Exactly, you know, and, and then I'm not necessarily looking to climb back into the octagon or the UFC. Uh, I'm, I'm open to any other organizations that want to just, uh, you know, open their arms to me. You know, I might make a move up to 35 because uh, 25 is a little hard and a little tough and a little draining my uh, my gas tank a little bit. So uh, I might just think about making a move to 35. And you know, 35 has a good. up. Uh, Bellator has actually a good little division at 35, so I've fought there before, and uh they want to have me back, I'm more than welcome to, uh, you know, take on some guys over there.
2: Yes, that would be great. It would be great to see you in Bellator, my brother. I think you would, you'd be deserving and you'd do quite well at 35. And, you know, Willie, you've been a true testament to the sport and, and to me, whether you feel like you have or haven't. You know, you, you really have. And on behalf of David and myself, uh, we know you're busy, sir, and we just like to thank you for taking the time out and come and share with our listeners and your fans what is transpiring in your life. And that means a lot to us. So at this point in time, Willie, uh, any sponsors, any friends or family, any social media sites, or just anything you want to say, sir, the floor is yours.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, if anybody's looking for me on Instagram, you guys can find me at fast, Willie. I uh, just want to thank you guys for having me on the show. You know, I want to thank all my family, my friends, all my supporters out there. Tell you guys I love you. I'm not I'm not out. I'm down, but I'm not out. I'll be back. Oh,
2: most oh, yeah. definitely. Willie, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. And uh, keep in touch, bro, as we always do. And we look forward to hearing great things from you in the future, son.
0: All right. Hopefully I get some outcomes for this, for this interview. So thank you guys again for always helping me and having my support.
2: Oh, most definitely. To the day they bury me, brother. To the day they bury
0: me. Thank you, like You guys have a blessed one. All right. You too. All right.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, that was whoop-ass Willie Gates. Uh, David, kind of not the projected interview that me and him were going to, you know, the angle we were going to go when I first talked to him, but I loved that interview so much because we got the humble side, the true side of Willie Gates.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and so easy uh, for for a fighter to talk when they're on the rise and when they have a win streak going and everything. But I like that he was so humble and he was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be completely honest with you. Things aren't too hot for me right now, but they're not going to be. Uh, they're not going to be cold for long. I'm I'm going to get back on my feet. And you know, you guys can see me at my weakness, my weakest. But I'm going to be at my strongest very, very soon. That that's something I appreciate too. When when somebody can actually show show you know what's beyond their armor." Because you know, at the end of the day, every every fighter shows their facade. Every fighter—it's so easy for a fighter to show, you know, complete and utter strength all the time. But for him to be so humble, and uh, you know, it's it's really nice to see. But uh, more importantly, uh, our next guest is coming on. Uh, uh, Miss Amanda Br- uh, Cooper. I will let you introduce her, Don.
2: Oh, you're gonna let me, huh? ladies and gentlemen. One of the most I think, dominant forces in WMMA and somebody that truly has made a profound impact on the sport in general, Miss Amanda Bobby Cooper. How are you doing this evening, Amanda?
4: Hi, I'm doing great. How are you?
2: Oh, we're doing fantastic. You know, last time I interviewed you, we we actually got overbooked, and it it wasn't a good thing because we ended up doing your interview on SoundCloud, and I promised you a... A live show, and you know I'm a man of my word, and you know it's it's very it's it's a big honor for me to have you on the show. Looking back at at Tough Twenty Three, what were the thoughts and perceptions for Amanda Bobby Cooper going into that?
4: Going in? Well, being um, a part- oh yeah, I mean it was great. I, I you know I did the tryouts um, with a week's notice. I kind of just decided I was going to try it out and. And hopefully, you know, it worked out. And then when I got accepted, you know, reality set in and, uh, you know, I trained super hard. I, I was going to be happy with any result from the show um, because it was a big step for me in my career was only being, only having two fights, you know. Um, it, it was awesome. I learned a lot about myself. I um, experienced so much in just, you know, six weeks and it's something that changed my life. And there's, there's not many things I feel like People go through in their life that actually change it.
2: Most definitely. Now, there's one particular, you know, fight in particular that I, I kind of want to talk about, and and that was the fight with Lachana Green. What did that mean to you, Amanda, when you came out victorious in, in that fight? What, how did that feel, knowing that you were going to take the next step forward?
4: Oh man, it was crazy. I, I, you know, I, doing the matchup, and because I had trained with her, I knew I had a lot of pressure on myself. Only because I, I knew I could win. I, I'd been training with her. I knew how I matched up with her. Um, but after the win, it, you know, it was quick. It was easy. I didn't, I didn't, you know, get touched. So it was nice. Uh, it was a bittersweet moment. Is, is all I can say is Monchano was my teammate, my friend. It was hard to watch someone's dream get crushed in order for mine to you know, uh, become reality. So it was a bittersweet moment. It was hard to celebrate because everyone was very upset that we had our team losing and um, it was hard to get excited. It was hard to celebrate um, until, you know, until I was able to come home and, and
1: feel good about it. Very cool. And, again, you've accomplished so much at such a young age, too, and you've accomplished so much in your MMA career. You have a great amateur record, went up to the pros. You actually fought in Evicta King of the Cage, two great promotions, then went right to the Ultimate Fighter House. Um, so from your past experiences, from being on the Ammys to going all the way to pro, what have you learned or what's the biggest takeaway at this point as we speak right now that you can take away from both a successful amateur career and going right into the big leagues right now where you are in the uh, the UFC brass? Oh,
4: man, uh, it's it's, in, it's intense. I, I don't... Um get a mess around anymore, everything. I knew that before I went pro, I wanted to be ready in case something big happened right away with women's MMA. Um, at that point, it was very small. I had a big shot. I knew I wanted invicta. I didn't know what was next after that. Obviously, UFC, I, I dreamed about. But um, I knew I have to be ready, you know, at that moment for something big. I couldn't, um, you know, mess around and kind of lazily do it. I had to do it 100% even before I was a professional. Um, so, you know, I just continue to um, train hard and, and see what's next. And I'm happy for where I'm at right now. And uh, I'm happy, but also, you know, I've I got business to take care of and I want to show the world, you know, who I am.
1: Absolutely. And you've already shown it in so many ways and so many different fights, which uh, your last fight, too, was a performance of the night. It, it was a great, great fight. and. Really, really top tier stuff, my friend. Like I I watched that play and it was absolutely remarkable. And I thought it was a great performance on both sides. And what was your experience in the tough house? I know know everyone wants to get to the UFC, but the tough house is a very special experience from everyone I've spoken to in the tough house. But what was your experience like being in that house and being trained by the best, two of the best uh, women in the world?
4: It was amazing. I didn't know what to expect. I honestly expected to not like the coaches, not like the people, and have a miserable time. But I had the exact opposite. I absolutely fell in love with every coach. I loved everyone in the house. It was a blast. You know, I, I didn't have to worry about my life. You know, I just had to worry about train, eat, compete, win, go home, do the exact same thing. Um, it was an awesome. It was so good for me. Uh, it was also very humbling because, you know, you fight, you know, maybe one fight at noon. After the fight, you go home and you play a game of pool. You know, you're not—it's not like you're, you're out celebrating with your team. And you're just—you're just, you're just uh, as soon as you fight, you're on the—you know, we're on to the next one, and and you don't matter anymore. So it was really awesome. It was—it uh, was a good experience. I'm—I'm I'm very happy I did it. Yeah.
2: You know, Amanda. Quite a few years ago, I—I I started the fight for, you know, MMA in Michigan. And looking that you're out of Howell, Michigan. You know, what's it like for somebody coming from a state that doesn't really—not until this year—did they really pass anything for mixed martial arts? So, what led Amanda Bobby Cooper to to mixed martial arts in general in in her younger years?
4: Uh, well, I boxed all growing up. I took my first boxing fight at age eleven, so um, boxing was something I I'd, I. I'd, you know, done my whole life and it got kinda of boring after a while. Um I won golden gloves a couple of years in a row, you know, I came rum- runner up and regionals and um my dad one night at the boxing gym suggested like you should just try an MMA fight, see how your hands do against all these MMA girls and it was so new then I'd never even seen an MMA fight. Um but he convinced me and I decided I was gonna go one fight and test myself and I he found me a fight in two weeks and I you know, continued just train boxing, didn't know anything about MMA. Um and I won and I had a blast and I got addicted right that that night. It was so it was such a rush of um adrenaline and, and fear and excitement and uh, I got hooked from in that moment and I just kept taking fights.
2: You know, you you touch on your father a little bit being, you know, one that pushed you. But give us the true example and the, and the true thoughts of, of your mother when she looks at her daughter and she's she's already a boxer and then she decides to take a step into the to the octagon and take life in a different angle than most most young girls would do. How did you you know? What profound impact did this have on on your mother?
4: Well, you know, we still go shopping together, so I don't think she's still upset about it. No, um, <laughs> she she's obviously. She gets worried for me, um, but she's super involved. She's always asking questions. She might not know, you know, quite everything, but she wants to know who I'm fighting, where it's at. Um, she tries to go to every single fight. She's very supportive. We, we have a good relationship, you know. There's, there's things that during fight camp where you know I'm stressed out. I need a break. I need a day. I need just to go, you know, shop with my mom. That's, that's, you know, what she's there for. I need an outfit for tough talk, you know. Um, but I think she's. She's uh, she's used to it, you know, my sister's boxed, I boxed, she uh, grew up, we, I mean, we all grew up doing doing the sport, so, um, you know, she doesn't like me getting hit in the face, but she deals with it.
1: Absolutely, very cool, and you say you started out with boxing, which uh, you have a, a home, you know, your sister's a boxer, you're a boxer, you, know, you grew up in a boxing home, and the sport while, while MMA had some catching up to do as far as putting women in the limelight, you know, you had Leila Ali in boxing, who was the prominent, you know, marquee name in, in women's boxing, and also Olympic boxing has always produced top quality talent. Uh, if, if MMA did not evolve how it did and finally played catch up to the sport of boxing with females boxing being put in the limelight, would you have stuck with boxing as opposed to mixed martial arts as a career? Um,
4: probably. I mean, I've done some pro boxing matches before. You know, I I have fun. I enjoy it. Um, I'm short and stocky, and so boxing was always a little bit more difficult for me. I was, um, but I know I enjoy it. But I, I mean, it's hard to say just because I'm still in love with MMA. I still would love to do some boxing matches just for more experience. And um, I know I'm always I'm always wanting to just put myself in different situations and see how see how it comes out. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: You know, Go ahead, Doc. Amanda, oh, yeah. You know, Amanda, take take the sport away from your your life just completely. And look at yourself, at kind of in a self-reflection. What would you say has has truly enlightened you or has truly just brought sheer joy to the heart of Amanda Cooper?
4: my team um, yeah everything about them uh just having the camaraderie you know having the support um if uh, you know you said take MMA out of it so it's hard to but um you know even if i wasn't fighting i'd still be still be training and uh with my team cuz it's it's insane this gym that i've been to a lot of gyms before and and the team that I train at right now, it's just, um, it's amazing. It's something I've never felt before. And, uh, so many, you know, someone can walk in for the first day and they, you know, they teach me something. I, I'm learning all the time from different people and, um, I, it's, you know, it's helping me become a better person just by interactions with people and, and teaching and instructing and, and, um, you know, having these people look up to me, uh, it's, the best thing—it's much everything about me—is just you know having my team and a place to go to.
2: Most definitely, and you know you look at your life as in a whole, and and it's been it's been quite profound, and it's happened very quickly. Now, what avenue is is Amanda Cooper looking at for the near and distant future? What are your plans?
4: Um, I'm, you know I'm just training a lot right now. I'm I'm going um, a little bit out of state to some different camps just to. Um, train with some different women and, and get some different insight, and you know, uh, get more. You know, just keep motivating myself and, and get new. Uh, I just, you know, I want to explore it and, and get more experience. And so I'm gonna be, uh, you know, traveling a little bit and seeing some old friends and training with some UFC, UFC girls and um, and their coaches. And uh, you know, keep continuing to fight. You know, in the UFC and build build up my record, build up my resume, and um and see how, you know, that goes from there. But first steps, you know, is just train and win.
1: Very cool. And uh, you're in a super stacked weight class, too. And right off the cuff, like, you fought top-tier competition. Like, every fight at your weight class, there's no squids, especially anybody that you step in the ring with is going to be top-tier talent. Uh, Going back and looking at your division, is there anybody that you could say off the top of your head that would be an ideal opponent for you to get back, get a win off or somebody that you feel would be a marquee fight to build up your resume?
4: Yeah. um, Some of the, you know, the only things that come to my head are are girls that are known and uh, you know, they've been, they've been in the UFC for a little bit. So they've, you know, they're already working their way up, but um, no one, I, you know, no one I could name off, you know, off the top of my head would be, oh, I want to fight them. You know, it's just, I don't feel that in my myself, I never want to, I want the best matchups for me, the best exposure, um, it has nothing to do with, uh, drama or, or anything like that, Like it's just for me and, and what's best for my career and, um, you know, I know Felicia Rigg is, is a popular girl and, um, I've always watched her and I've, I've always thought my style beats her and my skill beats her and, um, you know, it's good exposure. So, uh, people, you know, just people like her that have have a name, have skills, um, but I definitely b- believe that I, I would beat. Right. Oh, uh, cool.
2: Honestly, I think that would be a terrific matchup, you know. And, look, matter of fact, just the other day I ran into Jerry Seitz, who was a former WBC, WBO, WBA, Women's World Kickboxing Champion, and also a Muay Thai practitioner and trainer and a good friend of mine. And she was just... Uh, training with Felice, but looking at your career and, and your style, I think you have a certain uniqueness that, you know, not many people exude when they're in the cage. And, you know, I've always touted in this sport, you never know whose fight it's going to be, you know, once that cage door is locked. But looking at that matchup, I think that would be a tremendous matchup for you. What what would that mean to Amanda Bobby Cooper if that fight was offered to you tomorrow?
4: I mean, it would mean a lot. I got um, to. So, like I said, I'm not worried right now about the matchups too much. I'm just trying to work on myself and, and get better and make sure my next fight is a win. Uh, I don't have time to lose. So, I mean, obviously it'd be an honor, but, um, you know, uh, it would be awesome. I, I would really, you know, any opportunity I get right now is what I need.
2: Most definitely. You know, now I am going to, you know, kind of demand that I kind of get a out of the cage question because it's it's kind of the way I am. You know, if you were to take the sport away from you, Amanda. Who is Amanda Bobby Cooper?
4: You know, um I think everyone's trying to fit. I think everyone tries to figure out who they are, you know. Um I'm 24 years old, so uh I don't think I need to rush it. Um everyone tries to rush too much in their life, you know. Um They say that the day you're born and the day you find out why are the two most important days in your life. You know, I don't know if you ever heard that quote, but it is the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. Why? Well, I've already done one of those. I've already been born. So I think the quest for now is to find out why. Um, Obviously, martial arts is a huge part of me. It always will be. Um, But, you know, I I am someone that loves to help people uh, um, when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling up, the only thing that even gets me higher from the down, from the low, from the up, is helping people and being there for people, and um, something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm very compassionate. Um, I love my family more than anything. I would do anything for them. Probably why I've never moved away. But um, well, it's just who I am. I, I love to figure out. I love to test myself. I love to uh, research and, and read more about the humans and About humans and just uh, Find my way and and be happy And and help others be happy as well
2: You know Amanda I kind of have to agree with you And and, and thank you for kind of Putting myself in my place You know a buddy asked me Before and you know I reiterated it with him today on the phone And you know I always State that I'm 50 years Old but I don't know what it is to be a man And I think that's something that takes a lifetime of learning, and I think you don't honestly know, or make it to being a man or fulfilling your life as as a person, until the day you're buried. So, I apologize for asking that question and in that aspect, and I truly you know respect your your reply because it's you are young and it's it's heartfelt, and you do have a whole life ahead of you, and. I, as one should know, you know, especially since I tout that I'm 50 years old and I, I've yet to know what it is to be a man. And I respect you for your answer.
4: No, I. Um, uh, you don't have to apologize for that. And, and to be a man is maybe to question what is a man. You know, I, I believe that. Um, I'm sure every man is your. I don't know your definition, but I don't think anyone has a definition of a man. But I'm sure at some point every man, every female, every woman has questioned what it is to be a man. I know I've questioned what it is to be a good woman. What is what is a good fighter? What is a good professional athlete? Uh, that's part of the journey, you know. Question it and and uh, live and uh, learn. It's just part of part of our lives right now. And I'm very young, and you know I, my friends are always stressed out about. It. They don't know what to do with their life. They don't know what what makes them happy. I'm like, man, you have your whole life to figure that out. Test it. Do some things that you think might you might enjoy. If you don't, you move on, but you've tested it. And uh, that's just life. blank. You don't need to figure it out today.
1: Very cool. Okay, so, Amanda, i got to take a step back and uh, get back into the ring because, all right, so I, I grew up in a home that was dominated by Mike Tyson on the television, you know, him killing people. Uh, Prince, Nassim, Prince Nassim Hamed was a huge influence on me um, as a boxer and now as a mixed martial artist, a very successful mixed martial artist. Uh, who did you look to, especially with women's MMA on the rise and still rising, and all these great names being pumped into the sport? Did you ever look at any of the fighters at a young age to now you, where you are now, and say, "This is I can definitely do this as a career"? Any fighters in particular that were a big, big influence on you?
4: Um, well, all growing up when I was first started boxing, it was Sugar Ray Leonard my man. Like I, I wrote a letter to him once because I read his biography. I wrote a letter to him, and I actually thought, like, if I send it, he'll reply, and we'll be friends. I was young. Um, I never sent it. I still have the letter to this day, um, but he was someone I, I really enjoyed. I always read his biographies and learned about him, and um, obviously, looking at him, I didn't think, oh, I could beat him, um, be a professional. Um, I just enjoyed him, and um, maybe it was something that my family liked as well, so it made me enjoy him just as much, but, uh, you know, I was an amateur, and Rousey's round, been always been big, and. Um, she's the first female to fight in the UFC and the first champion, and, um, she's someone that pays, you know, whether people like her or not, she is the reason women are so big in the UFC and in the sport, and it's, she's the reason a lot of young girls are coming up, so, uh, I'm always going to be a fan of Ronda Rousey, no matter what, because of what she's done for the sport and what she's done for all the, the girls growing up. Gotcha.
1: And you've been through so much at the age of 24 and you're still doing stuff and you're still on the rise. And, you know, you have your whole career ahead of you. Uh, Is there any advice you can actually give to folks, to women's mixed martial arts, to women, women that are planning on getting the sport or anybody in general that is getting into the sport, knowing what you know now? Is there anything, any knowledge or anything you could say to them that you could pass on or anything that they can learn from or any type of quote that you that you listen to, or any type of knowledge that you can drop on us?
4: Yeah, uh, people ask me this all the time, and obviously, you know, uh, keep training, you know, keep going with it. But, but I I truly believe I've had losses in my life. I've had a lot of I've had injuries. I've had a lot of ups and downs, and it's something that you need to embrace. You can't um, be down about it or, or let it affect you or let it um, define who you are as a fighter, as as a human. You know. Um, I sure believe that every loss I've had, uh, I lost a little piece of me that I'll never get back. Um, it'll, it eats me up more than, more than, uh, it should probably. And I think, uh, it set me back. So just learning to accept it and, uh, move on and, um, you know, uh, accept that this is the path that, that that's for me, you know. I don't know if I believe in everything happens for a reason or, you know, that I'm destined to be here. But I do know that if I hadn't lost my Invicta debut, I wouldn't have tried out for the Ultimate Fighter. And I, if I wouldn't have fi- tried out for the Ultimate Fighter, I wouldn't have made it to the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe my my finale loss means I'm on a different path as well. Um, had I won, I'd, I'd be somewhere else. And, and I'm okay with that. Um, I train very hard. And, I, and my suggestion to anyone going in the sport or, or coming up in it is just, Train really hard. Believe in yourself, and um, don't let these downfalls, don't let injuries, don't let losses, don't let um, a coach or uh, a teammate or anyone just you know uh, throw you off your path. Just just keep moving. Yeah,
2: you know, truly, truly wise words from a very young young lady. Looking at you know everything that we've discussed this evening, it kind of made me you know appreciate. Not just the sport, but everything, you know, every guest that we've had on the show has had a, a different attitude and, you know, let out different things in their life that it has kind of amazed me. You know, we had Willie Gates on who talked about his lows and where he's at right now being let go from the UFC. What admirations that Amanda Cooper has, you know, instilled from her family and her that continues to... Help you strive and overcome The downfalls that you've had In your life
4: um, I, I believe that's just The support and the belief um, I've never had anyone From my family or friends or anyone Tell me that I couldn't do something um, It's always Them challenging me to be better They believe in me so much They care about me so much They don't care if I win, they don't care if I lose I don't disappoint them So um I don't have a lot of pressure on myself in that way, and because they've been so great and wonderful, um, you know, I, I always grew up with my dad. He was my coach in boxing, and he made me fight the toughest people, and he, whatever, I, you know, when I lost, I should be fighting the toughest people. He didn't want me to baby myself and, and go in there knowing that I could win. He wanted to test me as a as a fighter and as a, as a person and my character, and um, that's how I grew up was, um you know i got i've became a better person from from these difficult experiences, whether I've lost or came out on top um I've gained a lot from it, and so um you know I know that I'm always fighting the best I, that's what i wanted that's what i um what my debut fight was against a girl that was undefeated uh seven and zero, and like as an amateur and it was her debut too and i i'd had m- multiple losses but you know all my fights my next fight was for an undefeated uh, and Victor Girl and, and you know and Now I'm fighting in the house and then I, I fight Tatiana which is an undefeated uh, Olympic medalist So I, I'm always trying to fight the best And um, I believe that's You know a way to uh, agree, uh, You know better yourself As a person as well
2: Almost oh, definitely you know Amanda I know I know you're the type of Person that truly Loves what you do and, and We truly are honored here at our show that you joined us this evening—it's—it's it's been a blessing to to have you on, and for you to take the time out of your busy schedule and and training and things of that nature to to just come talk with us. And it, you truly are an inspiration to me after hearing you talk this evening. You know, you you get to know fighters, you shoot them, but you never get to see a side like this. And that's one thing we we love about our platform is we get to bring the true person, not just the person in the cage, but the true person to the listeners and to your fans. And, you know, you truly humbled me by, by sharing all of your thoughts and wisdom this evening. Um, you know how the things go with the, at the end of the show. We we hand the mic to you and we give you a chance to shout out any sponsors, any friends, any family, any social media sites where the listeners that are, that are listening to you tonight can follow you. The floor is yours, my friend.
4: Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, definitely. I have a Facebook fan page, uh, Amanda Bobby Cooper, uh, ABC also. Um, but most, you know, uh, my Twitter and my Instagram are the same. It is at ABC Nation 115. Uh, people can find me. Um, I also have a Snapchat. I try to be hilarious on it because I enjoy it when people are hilarious back to me. Um, you know, I don't have a ton of sponsors right now. I have I have a lot of people that are helping me out, and, I'm you know, I'm trying to get out there. Rev Gear just sent me a bunch of uh, gear uh, recently, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, basically it's just, my, you know, all my coaches, all my teammates, everyone that's been there for me, um, you know, obviously I wouldn't be here without them. And thank you so much for having me on the show.
2: Oh, we're honored that before I let you go, I kind of want to ask you a question now that you kind of, you know, brought the – not a ton of sponsors. Uh, one thing I I can I can attest to, and would like to offer you, uh, and you think about it. Uh, I'm with a you know one of my sponsors happens to be Psychogear. It's a it's a very fast growing uh, apparel industry, and there's not very many people that I will attach my name to. And you know Psychogear with Johnny Combs is probably one of the most real sponsors I've dealt with in a long time. So. I'm going to extend the hand to you, and you can get back with me in an inbox, but if you'd like to have an apparel sponsor in Psycho Gear, we'd more than welcome you to the Psycho Gear family as we, we've got plenty of Bellator greats and, you know, other fighters from other promotions. We we think it would be a true testament and an honor to have you on part of our team. Right, okay. You think about that. But, you know, thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us this evening. We wish you the best of luck. We We'd like to see you in the cage real soon. And like you stated earlier, you know, I would really like to see that matchup with you and Felice Herring. I think it would be a tremendous, tremendous war. And, you know, I think it's one that you would have a profound impact on. Absolutely. Well, you have a tremendous evening, my friend. Thank you once again.
4: You too. All right. God
2: bless. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Amanda Bobby Cooper.
1: uh,
2: A young, wise soul, wouldn't you say, David?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, she's she's uh, she's got out of the tough house, and you know, uh, her last loss was actually the performance of the night. And I mentioned it too. It was a it was a good fight. It was it was a phenomenal fight, and it it showed the potential that she has. And she's been through the Ami ranks. You know, she's she's been a boxer, a prominent. She, she had three fights. She grew up in a boxing home, so she had that foundation. You know, she's she she has a lot a lot of career left and a lot of fights left in her, and I I see big things from her. I definitely do.
2: You know, I I, I think she's got a very promising future, and, you know, you you hear her speak. You know, she talks about her ups ups and downs, and the whole show kind of has gone that way tonight, but I think she's going to have a great, great future ahead of her. But our next guest is going to kind of take things Really, really deep. You know, some listeners may not understand the whole, you know, trajectory of where where we're going to go with this. You know, it's something that I think needs to be, you know, addressed. It's something that I I feel needs to be accomplished. What are your thoughts, David?
1: Uh, This next guest is actually going to be huge because uh, it's a it's a touchy subject, but it's something that does need to talk about. You know, it's it's a taboo topic, but still a topic that needs to be discussed and uh and uh, you know this better than i do don and you and i are both advocates for the sport and for the betterment of uh you know someone tell us i, I want the fighters to be taken care of i want the fighters to actually get the respect they deserve they're up and coming for stepping in the cage for everybody's entertainment and if you're going to be a part of the fastest growing sport in the world you might as well make sure that every single aspect of the sport is safe and the fighters are safe and you know this guy's an advocate for it. he's championing Worthy cost.
2: You know, most definitely, and this is just the the tip of the iceberg for the next couple of weeks. Kind of an avenue I'm going to be taking things, and you know, I think we get past tonight, people will kind of understand where where I am and where I stand in my career as a veteran in this business. You know, I may not be a you know a championship. I may not be an active fighter due to the loss of my leg, but one thing I won't do is I won't sit down until the fighters are heard, until the fighters are justified. You know, you look at Major League Baseball, you look at the NFL, you look at, you know, a lot, just the general joke going to work. You know, they have insurance, they have things to back them. Why isn't there something involved to take care of? The people who we admire, we interview week in and week out. The people that put it all out there once that cage door locks. It's a question of
1: Yeah, yeah, and Don, and that you're asked, you're absolutely on the right track with that. If it's Major League Baseball, if it's the Super Bowl, mixed martial arts, as Dana White so adamantly put it in 2001, then it needs to have Super Bowl type, NFL type rules and restrictions. And you, you did enough with the, and this is. You know, I'm going to call him in a little bit, but, you know, if if we're going to go to that level and if you're going to make all these rule changes to turn it from what it was, what the UFC was, was an absolute blood sport and make it regulated and put all the rules in place to regulate it, to put it back on television, to make money from it, you might as well also the people that are making that money because there's no, without the fighters, there is no promotion. Well, you know, the best thing to do about that is also taking care of them so they can go in there without fear that their families won't be fed if they get injured without any type of restrictions and knowing that when they escape the cage, if you wanna make even more money from them, that they're gonna be safe, healthy, and ready for their next bout. It's very, very important. And that's, you know, the retirement age of mixed martial artists is only getting shorter because they are training ever so hard and injuries can happen in a blink of an eye. How many UFC events have been canceled due to the fact that most of the people on their card backed out because they were injured. And the same thing goes for Bellator. The same thing goes for any Emmy promotion that hundreds of kids that are scheduled for fights have to back out due to serious injury. So this is only for the betterment of everybody. Everybody wins when everyone gets the best end of the stick. You know what I'm saying? Almost
2: definitely. And I kind of want to take it just a step further. You know, we know the the union, we discussed that. that it It really needs to be there, but there's another scenario that has been addressed to me, and you know, I, I'm going to take this on with 100% of my heart as I, I've i asked current fighters. Asked current hey, Don?
1: Fighters. Yes, sir. Hey, Don, I do do not mean to interrupt you, but we're actually going to call him right now. He's actually on standby. Uh, you can share with him your thoughts, too. Uh, I do apologize oh. about cutting you off, Don. All right, oh, so you're, I'm you're going good. to... I'm going to call him right now. He is on standby, and I'm going to actually let you introduce him when he gets on. So let's call him right now. Hi. Hey, Vinny,
2: Don McGuire, and David Hi, Potter, then. brother. How you doing?
5: How are you doing? All good, man. Thank you.
2: You know, first and foremost, I want to apologize. Uh, you know, the Skype capabilities for, for blog talk, uh, aren't currently available to us we're you know we're trying to get things of that situated and and we don't have international calling at the moment so we weren't going to be able to to bring your friend on i was looking at different avenues to try to to bring him on you know we we've got you the issue is very pertinent the issue the issue is very hot in this sport right now i'm going to I'm gonna give my quick synopsis and, and then I'm gonna let you have a rebuttal and, and join in on the conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're talking about is the fighters union, a necessity in this sport. We're also talking about the Muhammad Ali Act, which I believe should you know, Congress and everybody else should put in place in the sport of mixed martial arts. I think it's something that we need out there to protect our fighters, protect their families, and it's it's a very pertinent, hot issue right now. You know, several years ago when we took up this this plight, you know, things were a little bit different and got really, really kind of scary back in the day. But this issue has grown to the point that we can now speak about it as journalists, and the spy the fighters can speak about it and give their mm-hmm. thoughts. So with that being said, uh, Vinny. Looking at mm-hmm. the fighters' union as a whole, what is the foundation and the plight of your movement as we speak mm-hmm. today, sir?
5: Okay. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Okay. You want me to tell you now or you want me to tell you? Yes, sir, minutes? go ahead. Yeah, we, our, our goal, our principal goal, the main goal is bring the AliEx, make the extension of the AliEx to MMA. Um. We we passed in in Senate already, and we have two senators that are that are in, uh, sponsoring, sponsoring the, the, the campaign, and in November it's gonna be voted. So our goal is bring more fighters to the group and and make the fighters join our campaign, like uh, share. Our, uh, like the videos off the page, you know, like uh, the, the fighters talking about, like, the Act and the changing we need, we need in our sport. So how more fighters we have sharing this, we have more people listening to that. So we need, the, we need the politicians to listen to that. And since the politicians know that the fighters are getting through, then they're going to change something, they're going to listen us, and they're going to change. So our goal now is bring all the fighters that we can in, in, that had or have contract in some event in here in America and put us all together and bring all the different ideas from everybody and, and that's what we're doing. We are like uniting ourselves. You know,
2: I for one uh, look at this sport, <laughs> excuse me, I look at this sport and I love this sport, but most people seem to fail to realize that for the fighter it's it's not just something that we watch on TV. It's not just a sport to them. It, it's a way of life. It's the way they feed their family. It's the way they put the clothes on their back. Yeah. So looking at this in general, you know, it, it it saddens me that in a country so great as ours that mm-hmm. we don't back everybody equally, whether it be you're a bus driver, a major league baseball player, Mm-hmm. or a banker or a fighter. You know, it, it, it saddens me, it breaks my heart that, Vinny, you could go out there, let's say like at Bellator 150 you went out there and you fought Chicago. We don't want to talk about that fight, but I'm just saying, and you were to get injured and you weren't going to fight tomorrow, but you were injured to the capacity that you aren't going to even be able to hold a regular job.
5: Mm-hmm. Now, where
2: does that leave the fighter? It leaves the fighter out in the cold. What does the union hope to gain from making such a statement, a profound statement to the fans, to the voters, and the fighters in general. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, sir?
5: Yeah, I think, like, I'm thinking about, um, I think, like, what MMA, you asking me uh, what is the thing that MMA SA needs to do to change these things that, that the people need, like the need of the people, is that the question?
2: Let, let me reiterate it, Vinny, and I apologize.
5: Okay, okay. no problem. Okay.
2: Everybody in, this, in the United States has has you know has some good job sort of coverage, some sort uh-huh. of medical coverage. You mm-hmm. know, fighters, they use this, you know, this platform not as entertainment as we see it, but as a job. So mm-hmm. you, you feed your family, you put clothes on their backs. This is this is mm-hmm. your this is your work. This is your way mm-hmm. of life. What do you it's feel it. the union need to needs to do to circumvent any more so jobs what? to so what? change uh-huh. the the way the sport is going
5: as it is as a whole? Oh okay. So give me give me see. Need to like bringing the Ali Act to MMA, it's already a big change because every little single different change that we want, UFC and other they will never give us. Why? Because our sport is illegal. So the the measure, the more important thing we need to do is the Ali Act because since we have the Ali Act, can we have the government? looking for it and we have the, the events opening the books so they're going to need to open the books and say how much they, the, the fighter gets paid if the fighter has insurance health insurance or not, if the fighter like going to have like, retirement fees, you know so, so what, what we need to do is bring the AliExcel we made since we have that, then, then the union of the fighters is going to be in the table discussing this with UFC to make the event. You understand? Because like the association like we have the fighters, you guys have the events, right? So let's make the rules together now. Not just the events are gonna make the rules. The fighters are gonna make the rules too. So if the association decides and then we have like we have like eighty or ninety percent of the fighters that are in contract, and then the fighters association decides that no fighter in the in, in America are gonna fight for less than ten thousand dollars. Then 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 it's law. Since the union decide that the government gonna ask the events and the events gonna to need to respect that. If, if 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 it's decided that the share will be sixty percent to the fighters and forty to the events, it's gonna be law. They're gonna to need to open the books and they're gonna to need to respect this, this, this situation. So the the biggest thing you need to do is the Ali Act because if you don't do the Ali Act, then you're gonna be in their hands forever. Oh we're gonna help you guys, oh we're gonna but but it's not real help. They're not seeing us as, as employees. So we need to be Employed, legal employee we are not legal so that's our right. I think the major the major change
1: very cool and I uh, completely understand and by the way a uh, huge fan of your work huge fan of you in the cage you have done tremendous you are an incredible fighter uh, you trained heavily with shoot a box and mm-hmm. I've met I've met Marilla Bustamante who I have a picture with on my wall I'm a big fan of Marilla Bustamante the legend mm-hmm. of the sport Noguera Brothers, sure. uh, the Vandale Silvas, all the great mm-hmm. Brazilians, they fought in battles. They fought in absolute wars. Oh are they God. supportive as well of this act and bring it to America and bring it to the sport of mixed martial arts? Are these legends doing okay, and are they supportive of this act?
5: Uh, the big names from Brazil, I didn't talk with everybody yet, but we have some good names already. Uh, actually it's growing more like the association actually is now growing more in Brazil than in America I don't know exactly why maybe because the people like is more desperate and in need in Brazil maybe I don't know but the situation that I see is like 100% of the fighters that I talk support people who didn't support is the people who didn't listen to our ideas because we are not attacking the events we are not fighting the events we are fighting the law we are fighting for our rights so everybody, everybody agreed that the fighters need to have rights. Every person in the world needs to have a right. So, so it's impossible for fighters just say, "Oh, I don't agree with that." I think like the fighters shouldn't have shouldn't have a, a, a respect and, and rights. You know, so this is impossible. Everybody, everybody supports, and it's just time now for everybody to get together because the the movement that we are doing. It's something very like they don't have an owner. There's not like oh, there's a president in the association and he say everything and it works like this. No, we have lawyers, we have fighters, we have everybody working in the same situation. And people give ideas and other people, no, I think this is better. Okay, let's do it like this. So we're gonna make a, probably a council. We're gonna uh, 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 like people gonna do like votations. Uh, so to decide things. What do you guys? What do fighters think? And then fighters gonna give the votes and this is gonna be the decision. So. The decision will come from the fighters. So there's no way for so people don't support them. Just tell me,
1: Absolutely. And without the fighters, there is no sport. And that's the biggest thing that you touched upon and the biggest thing that matters. Without the fighters healthy, how can you put on a sports competition? Um, yes. There, there is a lot going on with this. Do you have a time frame or do you know how long this is going to take to finally take place where the fighters finally have insurance, finally are taken care of. Do you know how long this is going to take?
5: I'm not sure, yeah. The thing that I know is in November they're going to be voting, and then they vote in November. Probably it, it becomes law in, in January, I guess, in the next government. But I think since, since this becomes law, then then they need to regulate, they need like to, like, the events have time to follow that rule, so... A lot of things going to happen that I don't know exactly the time to happen, but we know the start the start is changing the law. since you change the law then the then the change can come in like I don't know five months or six months or three years. We never know how much it's gonna take to change. but since the events need to open the books with the government it's it's changed already. It's already a good change you know the the government will never accept that they are giving ten percent to the fighters. If we if we make the show, so I don't know how long it's gonna take to change everything, but I believe I believe if the fighters get together, even if the the law don't pass and we get a lot of people together in the group and we get really like, no, we think like this, then we can get the group and know we have like this 300 fighters in here, and if you guys don't do like this, then we don't want to fight anymore. How are you guys gonna do? We just gonna have power if to we get together, right? So the change is gonna come with our work. We need to fight for it.
2: Most definitely, you know, Vinny. I, I've talked with you many, many times, and you know, I consider you a brother and a longtime friend. So, I just really want to to take this time to kind of dig a little bit deeper in this perspective. And correct me if I'm wrong. So, with the Muhammad Ali Act, if it's engaged into mixed martial arts, which Scott Coker himself has said that he's welcoming it with open his arms. Force. And
1: mm-hmm. that's his, his
2: force. Force. Yeah, and he's he's going to back it 100%. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say something that may either hurt me or or help me. I I'm really at this point I I don't care. You know, Bellator is owned by Viacom or Spike is owned by Viacom. So
5: mm-hmm. when you
2: really break it down to it it gets to the people sitting in the five thousand, ten thousand dollar suits, sitting in an office that basically reap the benefits off of the fighters' back, and this is an issue that has disgusted discussed me for years. You know, I, I believe that there needs to be equality throughout the sport. You look at the NBA, you look at
5: sure. major league football,
2: you look at NFL; they're they're taken care of quite well. Why isn't the sport? I ask myself, why isn't the sport of MMA taken care of when it's it's growing vastly? Uh, there's a tremendous calling for it, and there's a tremendous fan base for it. And it's something that has bothered me, especially when I talk to the fighters on a daily basis. You know, what happens to the fighter if they let's say they're fighting tonight? They they shatter their leg. They're not allowed to continue. In, in the aspect of fighting they're taken out of what they've known their whole life mm-hmm. and they have they have to look at their family and there's no money coming in there's there's nothing to take care of the medical bills do you believe that changing this is going to help all the fighters from amateur levels and smaller promotions or is the union stand just to take it to the bigger promotions at first and hope that that there is a a trickle down effect that will
5: benefit mm-hmm. every no. So. no, we believe we, be, we believe that that the change is gonna change for all levels, of course. Why? Because because the the like the guys in the highest level they're gonna bring it up, so the market's gonna go up, right? So if you guys if you have fighters like fighting for hundred thousand and two hundred thousand, like in average, you don't wanna.
2: Yes, you know one thing that. I want to clear clear up here is, you know, this is this is something that I spoke with Stitch Duran and several other people that have been in the trenches of this sport for many, many years, and they truly believe that now is the time. Hey, Don. Yes, sir.
1: Don't mean to interrupt you, my friend, but Blog Talk Radio has hung up on our good friend. So <laughs> let Let's call them right back now. I do apologize right, about that. All right, thank oh, you, problem. sir. No problem. This happens all the time, boys and girls.
2: Yeah, blog Talk is tremendous.
1: Oh, blog Talk was wonderful, and I paid good money for them too. I right? shall we cut off their money? Maybe, maybe we'll be taken care of when we cut off their money. What do you think? Just about, like the fire's union, we'll, we'll cause a Blog Talk <laughs> video union. How about that? Oh, <laughs> so. Amazing. Okay, call them back now. You
4: have reached the voicemail box of six. One nine seven
1: six zero four hang nine seven nine. Hmm. Do I know how to hang it up? Here we go. Uh, that one.
2: Uh, let's try him again. Maybe he's trying to call us back. Walk
1: well, Talk Radio is the worst. Let's call him back right now. Call him back. We
2: apologize to our listeners, especially right in the middle of a pertinent interview. Vinny, this is Don yeah. in the show again I apologize uh, we're having no some technical difficulties as usual uh, no let me reiterate what where my thoughts were mm-hmm. you know we were talking about bringing you know how is this going to work in trickle-down effect and you were stating that it was going to help every individual in the sport what was mm-hmm. your thought process after that sir uh,
5: I was saying that the uh, it's gonna change in the, all the different levels in my opinion. <clears throat> if you see like the legal sports, like NBA, NFL, and, and like the different sports, you have like you have a, a since you have a good level in the major league, then the other small league is gonna give like the the dream, like the opportunity to the guy to get there, and and it's a it's a touchable dream. Uh, dream. It's something that you can that you can get. Like oh, I can become um a, a, a fighter, a player, and play for this team, and I can get a good salary, and I'm gonna have retirement. And gonna so this is some promise, right? Uh, if you see, like in soccer in Brazil, it starts like I, I don't know, ten years ago, it starts to become very professional in Brazil because they start to see like the value of the image in between TV and these things. So the players in Brazil that I that I know that time, like ten years ago, they they used to get like two or three. Three thousand reais for month, like thousand dollar for month, right? And one player used to get like hundred thousand a month, and then it starts to goes up and up. Like some some players now are getting like one million, and there's no players anymore playing for for three. It's just like 40, 50 Every player in Brazil who plays in the first division gets at least fifty thousand a month. So if you go like to the to this leagues then these guys gonna get five thousand, ten thousand, twelve thousand because the market say that. So no people gonna fight, so no people gonna, no one gonna sell tickets to 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 get burst anymore. If it becomes a a, a a legal sport, right? It's gonna be legal to happen. So for sure gonna be good for the amateur and for the professional, for everybody. Gonna give a a, a way, you know, for for people like you can do like this. So I think it's the best idea for everybody
1: Okay, and I'm going to ask uh, two more questions before I pass off the done Rap. wrap. Um, so, of course, you had a, such a great career in mixed martial arts. You've done very, very well for yourself. Uh, are you, especially now at your stage of your career, um, do you feel any of the effects from all the battles you fought so far? Do you feel any type of injuries or hurt from the, the fights course. that you've fought so far?
5: Of course, a you. Um, like I struggled all my life, like 17 years I'm training for that, and I started fighting professionally for like 10 years ago, and I had like th- uh, three different three different surgeries in the, in the knees, like two in one knee and one in the other knee, all ACL full, full ruptures, and I had like road surgery too, and I had like, I had a lot of like normal pain, every, every fight I had, like in the back and in shoulders and things normal, but the biggest the biggest problem that I see like that hurted that that hurt more my career was the problem with the commission. Because I got robbed for two different jobs and and nothing changed. So if you see my my record, I'm eight and four. And eight and four is not really a champion record, right? But I really won ten fights of my twelve fights. So I, I would I should be ten and two, not eight and four. So it's gonna it's gonna uh Gonna give influence and, and gonna make like change in my purses. How I gonna negotiate with the event and say no? I'm a champion. I have a ten and two. No, no, you don't. You have eight and four. So it really like was a, a big um, like two mistakes that 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 hurt me so bad in my career. And it's not just with me. A lot of fighters like like come through that, you know. And you need just accept why? Because the fighters has no voice. The commission just say no, you lost. Even if it's a bad call, the fighter cannot go there and say, "Oh, I want, I, know, I want another judge to judge my fight, to see if the result was right." And I think the fight should, should the fighter should have the rights of that, because if the result is kind of, oh, we don't know if the result is right, then we get another three judges to judge that, and if they say that the result was right, then it's done. We just need, right. to, like, we need to, to, like in soccer in Brazil now, they are using the camera, the camera, uh. uh Helping me. So if the, the, the referee is like, oh, I don't know if it was penalty, I don't know, you know, I'm going to see the camera. Is he's seeing the camera, then there's no rights to the people say no, they robbed, it. They, 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 they No, they're using the camera. There's no way anymore to so people like to say shit. So I think we
1: need to use this, you know, these things.
5: But you're going to just have voice with the Aliak. That's my opinion.
1: Okay. And do you... The, uh, okay. One more question. And do you plan mm-hmm. on getting back in the cage before this happens, or are you going to wait until this is finally passed? Will we see you again in the cage?
5: Yeah, I cannot, like, rely my career on some change that I don't know is going to happen yet. You know, we need to work a lot to make a change. So the decision that I have now is that I retire. I'm retired now. Like I'm, I cannot fight now. I cannot afford a camp. I'm a single dad in here, and the money that I get paid doesn't pay my rent, so I need to live by favor. Um, I would say that I'm, I'm homeless. right? So I live by favor in my friend's house, and I'm a professional fighter. I fought. The last, fight, the last fight that I did was in the main event, in the second biggest event in the world. So how I gonna, how I going to prepare myself to another fight now? How I going to pay three months of rent? How am I going to pay like, my supplements, my food, and take care of my daughter? and fight to get paid something that doesn't work, is not worth too. So it's not something that I decided because I want to retire. It's something like, I can't anymore. I can't just go forward and just like, oh, I'm I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to show that I can. It's in my prime. No, like, I have no money anymore to fight to prove that I'm good. You understand? So I'm retired now, and and my fight now, is it's changed this part with, with, with the association and if it changes, if one day they call me and they say, no, we're going to pay you like this, oh, you guys are going to pay me like this, oh, if I divide this in 12 months, I can pay a rent and, and leave, okay, I fight, I love fights, this is what I know how to do, but I cannot pay to fight anymore, I won't do this, you know, never anymore, I'm tired of that.
2: Yes, I, I feel you, Vinny, we're running short on, on time, but I'm going to try to get one more question here, with the back end yes, of Randy, uh, Leslie Smith, and very many other fighters in this country that feel the, the same profound impact that you do, and feel the necessity for the Fighters Union. Uh, one quick statement: Don't be the, you know, be the person that just jumps on uh, the first union that is out there, the first bandwagon is out there. Don't jump on any situation until you know the complete details with it. You know, touching back on Bellator 150, Vinny, I, I truly believe that you won that fight against Chicago. So, do I believe that? instant replay is something that needs to be you know, an impact in the sport or having a, a secondary uh, judging system in the sport, I, I concur with you 100%. But on this final note, Vinny, where can the listeners, the fans, the people who want to create the fighters themselves, most importantly, where, where can they go and find out more information about the fighters' union and what is the correct way to go about getting their vote in to get this Muhammad Ali Act
5: passed? Sorry, sorry, I couldn't uh, tell this at the end again because uh, the connection was bad and I lost. Okay.
2: Where can, the, where can the listeners go and sign a petition or where can okay. they go and okay. help get the Muhammad Ali Act passed?
5: Okay, thank you. The uh, fans who want to help it uh, can do a lot of things to help uh, by following the, the pages of MMAFA and all the different social media. Instagram, no, Instagram we don't have. Twitter and, and Facebook. And and then what would be very important if if they share the contents of the pages, like the videos that have like Randy Coulter, Ken Shamrock, Khan Lee, Blaze Smith, Cajun Johnson, we are all talking about MMFA. So if these videos start spreading then people will understand more what is about MMFA. So it's following the pages, it's the the, the petition that we have that is that that I just saying. There is one petition, like, showing the, the the politicians and the government that people agree with them. So we have, I think, 3,500 signatures already. And for sure, we are looking for more people to who, who support us. Uh, I think 20,000 would be a good number. So just put, I don't know, like, the, the, to find the page, just put on Google uh, AliAct NMA petition then it's gonna show the page and then you just go there and sign up the the, the petition to help us and, and share it with friends and and ask the fighters like if you if, if, if you know if the guys, the people know some fighter that have or had contracts with UFC or belt or, or Pride or, or any event in America tell them, hey did you guys like get got together already with an MFA? Why? Like why don't you guys don't ask the guys? Like I have this connection blah 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 I try to talk with Vinicius always with Kung Lee or with Randy Couture and then these guys gonna 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 tell you what's going on. So we need we really need the fighters who have contracts now getting together with us. So if the the listeners have connections with these guys, let them know. And following the pages will help a lot. And that's all. That's what we need.
2: Most definitely, my brother. Uh, can you do me one favor before we let you go here, because we truly are at the top of the hour? Uh, if any, of you would post a link on my page uh, for the listeners to, to okay, get
0: the information. Of I greatly would
2: appreciate that. Uh, you know, brother, first and foremost, I want to thank you for coming on and, and speaking about something that is so near and dear to your heart. And We hope the Muhammad Ali Act and the, and the Fighters Union gets done correctly and instilled in the sport that it truly needs it. You know, Vinny, from the bottom of my heart, we truly thank you for joining us this evening. And you know, all I can say is I love you, my brother, and abrigado for for coming thank on you. and speaking from your heart. And
5: truly, thank you, though. yeah, thank you,
2: much. Yes. You know, the best of luck to you, Vinny. I, you know I love you as my family, and we'll have you on again. As we're not going to stop this fight until this fight is conquered.
5: Oh my God! Thank you so much for your support, though. Thanks for the opportunity to talk on your show about the MFA and the ALIAC and the intention of the fighters. Uh, I want to say that it's a big pleasure for me, like, being here talking about the MFA. Uh, I think it's a a great moment for the fighters to get together, and I want to invite all the fighters to get together. So I want to thank you so much for the opportunity for saying about these things, and I want to help uh, i want to say more thank you for your support like the love you have for the fighters and the respect you have for, for us and like you' being worried about our our career and our our rights our situation our our future so I really appreciate that and i'm 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 saying thank you from all the fighters for you too thank you my brother i want say i wanna say, I, I love I wanna say sorry i want say sorry to the listeners too uh, for uh, about my english because i'm Brazilian and my accent is kind of weird, but but I'm trying my best to make you guys understand me good. Oh,
2: you did very well, very well. From David, David Potter, and myself, Vinny. Uh, like I stated before, we love you, brother, and I will back you to the cows come home. Thank okay. you for coming. Uh, where,
5: where is in, where is in the, the 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 page to the petition? Where do I post that?
2: Just go ahead and put it on my personal page, Vinny, because okay, this yeah, is a this is a personal fight for me. As, as right. the fighters have made me who I am, and I wouldn't okay. be anybody without the fighters.
5: Okay, I'll you right now. All right, thank you. Thanks master. for the opportunity. We're glad to see you. Bye.
2: God bless you. Obrigado, Vinny.
5: See you. Obrigado.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, that was Venetius Correa. Uh, you last seen him fight Chicago at Bellator 150, speaking so eloquently about the Muhammad Ali Act and the Fighters Union, and what it means to the sport as a whole. David.
1: Well, I'll say first off that he lied. His English is not that bad whatsoever. I heard every single word he had to say, and uh, he meant by he, he, there's a lot of emotion in his his talk, especially getting this past. And you know he he's not he's retired right now because he's been through so much. And we have one more fighter that's out of the game because you know there's nothing past. So you know, it, sign a petition, get out there. The NFL has it. It keeps the football players that you know and love healthy. NBA, the baseball leagues, everything has a league, as a union, and I think MMA, it's, it's time for that too.
2: Almost oh, definitely, and you know, first and foremost, it's it's sad when you know a gentleman such as himself comes from Brazil with his daughter and leaves his family there to to strive for a better life, only to have obscurity hit him in the face and. You know, first and foremost, I will take this plight on, as I do many, as many that follow my career know, that I truly back the fighter, and then I back the sport secondly. But on behalf of myself, David, I just truly would like to thank you for such a phenomenal show this evening and allowing us to touch bases on something that is so pertinent in the sport today.
1: Absolutely, Don. And Don, it's an absolute pleasure talking to you once again. It's a great show. And uh, we'll catch you next week, and I, I can't wait to talk to you again, Don. Excellent show, excellent talking to the guests, excellent talking to you. Nice subjects we touched on, good guests we talked to, another good show in the books, and we'll be talking next week.
2: Almost definitely. Much love, my brother. And thank you to all the listeners and, and fans of the sport. Wouldn't exist without you.
1: God bless. God bless you, Don. All right, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining me and Don on another episode of Don McGuire and potter podcast another great episode we ran super late but we thank you for staying up late we thank you for listening to the show we thank you for digging our good vibes as much as we dig yours and we'll catch you next week have a good one guys welcome
0: to the potter and maguire podcast brought to you by psycho Beer, beast fuel energy drink finished mma and remade pro store